This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Texting to the show at 710-710. Oh, hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on Friday. Friday, got to get down on Friday, April 30th of 2021. I am Paul Gallant and this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, nay, the world. We got to sit back, kick our feet up. And not get angry about any Seahawks draft picks that we, for whatever reason, felt like were drafted too early. Like a lot of you people might have felt last season when they drafted Jordan Brooks. A little unexpected on day number one of the 2020 NFL draft. So we got to sit back and we will talk about some of the things that took place in the NFL draft. But the NFL draft was completely overshadowed by the Aaron Rodgers show yesterday afternoon. And while Aaron Rodgers is still a member of the Green Bay Packers, and I think he will continue to be a member of the Green Bay Packers, it is clear that the situation between he and Green Bay is significantly worse than that, at least you know, to the naked eye, between Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. And online, I've seen some really interesting takes about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, poor Aaron Rodgers. They just haven't been helping him out. Chris Sims. Rodgers has every right to be disgruntled, and I think public perception is on his side. Chris Sims is right on that front, at least. People realize he's been done wrong (laughs) by an organization that doesn't go all in to win. If he wants a trade to happen, it's time to play hardball and say it. I suppose that's actually what took place because per a series of tweets about what was going on behind the scenes, Green Bay had told Rodgers repeatedly they trade him in the offseason and then they backed off. And Aaron Rodgers told some members of the Green Bay Packers that he's just tired of it here and he doesn't want to play in Green Bay anymore. He's not the only one. Our very own Hall of Famer, John Clayton, said, Rodgers, I'm siding with you. Of the Packers' last 10 first-rounders, nine are on defense, one is Jordan Love to replace you. No support for a Hall of Famer. I totally disagree with these two takes. Do not fall for the online sympathy parade. Much like Russell Wilson earlier this year, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have it nearly as bad as things are being made out to be. And if I thought that the way that Russell Wilson went about things was annoying, Aaron Rodgers stealing the entire day, the most important day for 32 young men, probably in their NFL careers for the most part. This is going to be the biggest day for, I would imagine, at least half of the guys taken in the first round, if not more. Aaron Rodgers says, yeah, I'm going to decide to submarine the entire Green Bay Packers operation and make them look bad. And... I just look at him and I think to myself, you're playing on a team that over the last two years has won 28 games total. 13-3 and back-to-back regular seasons, one playoff victory, two NFC Championship game appearances. The first NFC Championship game, okay, you got your doors blown off. Was that the fault of the weapons around Aaron Rodgers? Was that the fault of the offense that Matt LaFleur, who, by the way, was brought in to replace Mike McCarthy, who Aaron Rodgers did not like? Was that the fault of Matt LaFleur's offense? No, not really. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, very good offensive line, unlike that of Russell Wilson, but that's neither here nor there. Then, oh, so they're back in the NFC Championship game the next year. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, running for his life a bit, but they're a couple of plays away from winning the NFC Championship game and going to the Super Bowl. What happened? What happened there? A couple of plays weren't made. And I get that Aaron Rodgers is going to look back at what took place during the 2020 NFL draft, and he's frustrated that the Green Bay Packers decided that they were going to take Jordan Love with that pick that they traded back into the first round to get. They did not get him a wide receiver. I 
don't think Aaron Rodgers needed any wide receivers when he threw for 48 touchdown passes this past season and won the MVP for the third time in his career. And I'm of the belief that if you are a quarterback in this league, yes, it could help to give that guy more weapons, but you want to build a complete roster. You can't win with just a quarterback in this league. And while I don't think it was a good idea for the Green Bay Packers to draft Jordan Love, especially given what took place last year, and I also don't think that right now the Packers should be asking Aaron Rodgers to, I don't know, move some money around given what they did last year. At the same time, Rodgers has to get over it. This is how the NFL works. Every single guy will have ended. Why do you blame the Packers, who saw the second half of the 2019 campaign for Aaron Rodgers, where he was not the same quarterback that he'd been in the first half and not the same quarterback that we had seen for the majority of his career? And there have been a couple of down years in a row. I was of the belief going into this past season that Aaron Rodgers was maybe on the decline. Was he done? No. On the decline? It sure seemed like it. And just take a look at the stats that he had down the stretch. Yeah, he looked really good against the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs of that season, but he had a couple of sub-50% completion games. He was throwing the ball. It was just inaccurate. He looked wonky. They bring in Jordan Love. All of a sudden, he has one of the best seasons of his career. In fact, the best season, statistically, of his career in many many facets. He's in a good situation. And I, I just spare me with this pity parade that he is going out and publicly doing by himself. Eeyore, calm down, man. Like, this team is good. What's so bad about it? And why do you want out? It's tiresome. It's worse than the way that Russell Wilson handled it. And all you need to do is just take a look at perhaps the most hypocritical thing, hypocritical thing, hypocritical, (laughs) hypocritical thing that you're going to see in the NFL, probably in the year 2021. Here's Aaron Rodgers with Kenny Mayne a month ago. Well, when you say things like that, then people, he just said it's not in his hands. He might be right. Like, Things get misinterpreted. Would you like to just proclaim, I'm there. I'm your guy. I, I want to keep throwing for Lombardi Avenue all day. <laughs> Ken, you and I both know that's not how it works. No. Uh, like you know, Russell Wilson. He just answered a question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not, you know, necessarily going to approach it to, like, how that some of that stuff came out. But, look, it, like I said last year, you know, those things are just out of my control. Two things. First off, clearly he doesn't think it's out of his control given the way that he is acting and totally sidetracking everything from the Green Bay Packers and what their approach should be right now and what their focus should be on right now, what they do the rest of the draft. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, what are we going to do at quarterback? I mean, we do have Jordan Love in the background, but are we going to try to trade Aaron Rodgers? What do we want to do here? Honestly, they don't have to trade Aaron Rodgers. They shouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers. They should keep him, and they should make him sit out. If he's, if he's so upset, all right, pay us back all the money that they're paying him. But the other thing is, too, I wouldn't handle it that way. I mean, you've handled it worse. And Russell's somewhat defense, at the very least, Russell didn't say that he didn't want to be here anymore. He just said that if he were to be traded, these are the teams that he would like to be traded to. Nuance. Not that different. Both tiresome. Roger's significantly more tiresome. 710-710 is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, nay, the world. Text in. And Paul, come on. Rogers is just as spiteful as Richard Sherman, and he wanted to make the Packers top brass and coach pay for it. You're probably right, but... Why? What's the end game here? Spite? How does that help your team out? How does that help you get that next championship, that second championship, so you actually can put yourself in the all-time quarterback conversation? Another text. Uh, Paul, walk a mile in Rodgers' shoes. It would be great to throw 48 touchdowns in a season and throw to Devontae Adams and have David Bakhtiari as an offensive lineman or one of the best offensive lines in the NFL in front of me. I know Russell Wilson's certainly jealous of the offensive line that Aaron Rodgers has in front of him. Aaron Jones at running back, he's pretty good. Arguably, you could say he's better than Chris Carson. they got a good offense. I know that they don't have great receivers after Devontae Adams. I don't think they're bad. Alan Lazard is fast. 
They got some. It, it's again not optimal, but you can't, not every NFL team is going to have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as their top two wide receivers. Text in Rogers is passive aggressive enough that he's probably trying to sabotage these new first rounders day because he slipped so far in his draft day. That would be pretty funny if he's that petty and he's got this on the back of his mind. Fifteen years ago, oh my goodness. Guys, it's 10-12. It's time for What's Trending with more Dooley brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Maura, good morning, afternoon. How are you doing? Good morning, afternoon. It's Friday. I'm pretty good. How about you? Doing wonderful. Ready for uh, some more draft today? Ready for some more draft. Yes, I'm feeling a little more energetic. Got my first shot yesterday for the COVID-19 deal, and I nice. felt like I had gotten punched in the face, essentially, in that I felt exhausted yesterday for a good amount of time, but feeling a little bit more hyper now, which is good. But probably not for everybody listening. Back to normal. Yeah, <laughs> this is normal. Yes, yes. Ready for the Seahawks to hopefully make a pick tonight. Yes, although they'll probably trade back. And we will be talking about it all day here on 710 ESPN Seattle, and we'll have live coverage of it as well. I'll be listening to you guys tonight. Huzzah! Meanwhile, we'll talk about what happened last night. The 49ers selecting Trey Lance with the number three pick, and Kyle Shanahan said that they had made up their mind, despite what everyone was saying, some time ago. We can go back to January (laughs) for the timeline, um, which we don't have enough time to go all the way through. This is something that started since our season ended and our evaluation of people and starting with where we thought people were going to be available, going to people who... We thought it could be on the trade market to everything. Um, we've been very high on trade since the beginning, since day one. Um, and, yes, the person everyone else is speculating about, we liked him too. Um, but it was just, honestly, to go through this whole process where, you know, no one has known, you know, my friends, coaches, anybody, um, how John and I feel and how we felt this whole time. I don't know how good of a quarterback Trey Lance is going to end up being, but I do think, that he has a ton of potential. I feel that Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to get more out of him as a quarterback than pretty much the majority of the coaches in the NFL. But again, it's a wait and see kind of thing. In the short term, this is what I'm concerned about. They're not going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, which means that the 49ers next season are going to be as good as I felt they were going into the year. If they traded Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel pretty good about the 49ers being a bit of an afterthought, at least for 2021. And we would see afterwards. We would see if Trey Lance lived up to his potential. There's a chance he falls off a cliff. There's a chance if he goes immediately into the starting gig that he's actually really good. But now he gets to sit back, watch this offense work, learn from Kyle Shanahan, learn from Garoppolo. I know you're learning from Garoppolo. But a motivated Garoppolo who's going to be looking for his next team, essentially, and playing for his next team over the course of this coming season. I think this is a pretty good situation for San Francisco. And I'm bummed out because I think that the 49ers will remain good this coming season in a division that is, it is a tough Tough, tough division. All right, we'll switch to uh, baseball. It's going to be mostly an NFL show, but we have to touch on the fact that Yusei Kikuchi was on fire yesterday, only allowed one hit over seven innings and pitched six hitless innings versus the Astros. It was huge because it put an end to a four-game losing streak for the M's, but also because the team really needed a morale boost after the news that Marco Gonzalez was headed to the IL. Right you are, Mora. That was a much-needed stopper performance by Yusei Kikuchi. I mean, he had them at a no-hitter. He had them in a no-hitter for... You know, what, into the seventh inning, into the sixth inning at the very least? He pitched, I think, really well. That's a great lineup. You know, that is not easy to even give up, like, two runs against that lineup if you're pitching that long. Seven innings. A one nothing shutout. You don't see those very often in baseball anymore. Kikuchi not only making plays as just a pitcher, but also in the field. I mean, he had a web gem sliding up uh, to the right of home plate, essentially, and, and, and from his from his knees, lasering it over to first base. Yeah, and a little chopper. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. 
Yeah, that was that was an incredible play. I, I I saw that and I was like, oh, here comes another disaster inning for the Mariners. And Kikuchi makes this great play. Taylor Trammell, too. The batting average needs to get up. His power, his power is is promising. And that home run that he hits, plus the sliding catch that he had in the outfield, that makes me excited as well. So they needed that game. I, I don't know how much longer they're going to be in this over 500 um, range where they're at right now. But, you know, you take three in the row in the shorts against the Astros, including the last game where you blew a 5-2 lead. They desperately needed that. So great job by Yusei Kikuchi, who is a guy that, along with Justin Dunn, has been a pleasant surprise thus far this year. That's What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Every at 10-15, this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay the world. If you want to call in, 206-421-3776. You can text in as well, 710-710. I know some people are getting frustrated thinking that this is the Aaron Rodgers show. Well, this is the biggest story in the NFL. The Seahawks didn't make a pick yesterday. This is how it works. So I have two questions for you. You can answer either of them. Number one, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play in Green Bay this year ever again? And number two, are you more or less concerned about the 49ers after they took Trey Lance? 206-421-3776. is the text line. At Gallant says is on Twitter. It's time for you guys to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710-710. It's funny how all this Rogers wanting out reported just one hour after it was reported that San Francisco attempted to trade for Aaron Rodgers. This is generally how it works. NFL insiders, they have a lot of information, and they, I think, generally don't share it unless they feel they need to. And I think a lot of people knew that there were some probably weird things going on behind the scenes with Green Bay, but they didn't put a whole lot of stock into it. I think it's important to note that much like with the Seattle Seahawks, who supposedly had been reached out to about Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, about Russell Wilson, teams were making phone calls about Aaron Rodgers, most likely, especially with the way that his end-of-season press conference went. I mean, can you blame them for making a call to Green Bay? And from the sound of things, Green Bay is shutting them all down. So how much news is there actually there? Not a whole lot. The news is that someone decided to share with the class that Aaron Rodgers told somebody in the Green Bay organization that he did not want to play there anymore. That is a lot further than Russell Wilson went. Now, is that something that Aaron Rodgers wanted to get out? I know some people would argue no. I would argue yes. And I would argue that maybe he told some people who told some people. Because when you get one story like that, the San Francisco story, as our texter points out, then they all start to manifest. And... Another person says, oh, this is what I heard. This is what I heard. And then you have a just dramatic afternoon leading up to the NFL draft and a story that I think still overshadows what took place in the first round of the NFL draft. Text in, text in. If Rodgers doesn't get any help on offense in the draft, he can pretty much say, I'm done. Can he, though? Look, yes, maybe you want to make the strength of your team stronger. He threw for 48 touchdowns last season. 48. How bad really is it? That's, that's what I'm struggling to get past. That's almost 50. That's almost the NFL record. And we're saying to ourselves right now, some of us, that he doesn't have enough help. He had enough help last year. And he, with that Packers team, found himself in a better situation than I think he would be in a lot of other places. So I get it. He's upset about Jordan Love being drafted. But the people that are making comparisons, someone someone texted in, 710-710. Paul, what would happen if they brought in a, another host who you know is going to eventually take over for you. I mean, I wouldn't be thrilled about that, 
this is an industry, though, where it is bloodthirsty. You have to accept it. You have to keep doing your job. What, I'm supposed to not do my job? They're not going to trade me, you know? <laughs> Radio stations don't do that. They're just going to be like, all right, bye. You're unhappy? See you, see you later. Now, for me, also, it's a little bit different. As much as I hate to admit it, I'm not Aaron Rodgers talent-wise. Aaron Rodgers, I suppose, is insulted by the very notion that someone is going to be behind him. But can you blame the Packers? Down the stretch in that 2019 campaign, just take a look at the game logs for the last eight games of the season. Or just watch some of the film, specifically that last game of the year against the Lions. He looked awful. The whole one, And everyone watched that one. And I can understand why the Packers thought to themselves, well, is he still the same guy? It wasn't it wasn't just like one or two games. There were there was a stretch of games where he just didn't look like the same guy. This year, totally different. Much better grasp on Matt LaFleur's offense. And it's important to note too, Matt LaFleur wants him there. This is a Brian Gutekunst versus Aaron Rodgers situation, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. 206-421-3776. It's Robert in Kirkland. Robert, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call, Paul. Um I have to say I totally disagree with you on this Aaron Rodgers having it better than Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers has one receiver and a mediocre core of receivers. Russell Wilson has Lockett, DK Metcalf, and at one point more who is left, but you know, that will change. Aaron Rodgers had no one, and I'm not a Green Bay fan. I just think it's hypocritical of us as fans of the sport criticizing him, saying, where's my help? Really and truthfully, and because I'm listening to you, Paul, and you're saying, oh, he was terrible in Detroit. Who did he have? He had Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the okay, NFL. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Up. He had okay, yeah, one of the best offensive the best lines in the NFL. In the NFL, but you got that, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to double-team him. Who else does he have? That's what they did in Detroit. If you're one of the best quarterbacks in the game, Robert, and and I'll I'll let you finish here, I have of the belief that you got to make do with what you have because you're one of the best quarterbacks in the game. It is your responsibility to do that because no NFL team is going to be perfect, 1 through 53. No two sides of the football are going to be on the same level. That's just not how it works. You have to pick and choose the places where you're going to address. And, you know, after the 2019 season... Yeah, the Packers probably, honestly, in the, in the first and second round of the draft, should have been looking at defense, given how they give up almost 300 rushing yards to the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. I get his frustration with the, with the Jordan Love thing. The, the problem is you sort of have to move on from it because of the way that he played in that 2019 season down the stretch. You have to acknowledge that like, the, they were looking at him the same way that the Patriots looked at Tom Brady and that the Saints have been looking at Drew Brees from that perspective. And, and then after that, you, you also just have to say, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you've got to maximize what you have around you. Because since you are one of the best quarterbacks in the game, it is your job, it is your responsibility to maximize the talent that's around you. Yeah, okay, there you go. You, you just kind of answered what I'm saying. Maximize what you have. He had nothing. He had a bum in Jimmy Graham. In two, was that 2019 when he was with the team or 2020? He, he even went on the air. There was a quote um, Aaron Rodgers said, I am tired of having has-been players on my team. All right, I don't know if he actually said that. And, and Robert, I appreciate the phone call, and we'll take a look and see what he actually had on the roster in 2019 if Jimmy Graham was there. Final word on this one, and at least for now. And we're going to have Dave Lyman aboard in just a couple of minutes, and if you have a question for Dave, 710-710 on the text line. 
he had Devontae Adams to throw to, okay? And, and, like, I understand there's this idea, oh, you can double him, and that's, that's going to be fine. Well, if you double a wide receiver, there are going to be guys who are open. And I don't think that the, support, the surrounding talent, I don't think it's bad around Devontae Adams. I don't. Could it be better? Sure, absolutely. But for Rodgers to be so upset about a team that has been 28-8 over the last two seasons, I just think it's rich. I mean, at least with Ross, the team's been out of the playoffs in the first to the second round for all these years. They got to the NFC Championship game, back-to-back years. Get over it. This is the best situation for you. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show, most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, Day the world. Dave Wyman joins me in the sports pit next. If you've got a question for him, text it in again, 710-710. We'll talk about the NFL draft, how he feels about Aaron Rodgers, and I have thump- something, a rule, a measure that they want to bring back to the NFL based off of all of these whiny quarterbacks this offseason that I think Dave's going to love. We'll talk about that next. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, if you don't have freaking toughness, and we will be joined in the sports pit in just a moment by the one and only Dave Wyman, 710-710. If you have a question for Dave, you can tweet me at Galant says as well. The big questions of the day are about, uh, first off, is Aaron Rodgers justified with the complaining about wanting out of town that he is doing right now? And also, too, what do you think about the 49ers after they took Trey Lance? We do have Dave Wyman with me right now. And Dave, I have a theory that I want to see instituted into the NFL because I'm tired of these quarterbacks. I know you as a defensive-minded guy, you know these quarterbacks are divas. I I feel like we should, if we're going to hear all this, you know, complaining indirectly from Russell Wilson, directly from Aaron Rodgers over the course of the offseason, we need to get rid of robbing the passer. Okay, because these guys are, they're, they're getting enabled too much right now. I think they all believe that they are above the law. And I got to say, with Aaron Rodgers in particular, but also with Russ, it's getting a little tiresome. What? I'm sorry, you said get rid of what? Get rid of roughing the passer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the key part. I would have laughed a lot earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, dang. Dave, Dave's not a fan of this one. <laughs> I really like that. That is a great idea. You know, that's right up there with uh, Paul Moyer, my buddy and colleague who, you know, is on our show every week. He used to say that, you know, when every time – you get like a targeting call over the middle that they should flag the quarterback because he threw a hospital <laughs> ball. You know, you, you can't, you can't lead a guy into a big shot like that. So I like that. Yeah. If you complain, so Aaron Rodgers and I guess Russell Wilson, so that wouldn't work out too well for us. But, Paul, Russ, but only, Russ is durable. Only See? charge, <laughs> only charge the guys who, uh, who, who complain. Well, Russ will be one of those. So we don't want that. Oh yeah, that's true. Just a, a different way of complaining, I suppose. But what do you make of Aaron Rodgers' comments? Do you, do you feel that he is justified in being tired of being in Green Bay? You know, I, I think he's bored, honestly. I mean, look, he has a ton of money. He is the MVP. He's getting asked to be on Jeopardy. Uh, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you think you're a pretty big deal. You know, and, and you know, I don't want to say rightfully so. I just think... But this is one of these things. It's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to have power and fame and money. It's a huge challenge. So, you know, I think that's what he's going through right now. He's bored. He's, you know, everybody's <laughs> all over him about, you know, being the next guest or host of Jeopardy and, and the whole thing. I talked to Brock about it last night when we had him on. I said, have you ever talked to him? And he goes, yeah. You know, he said he's a dark artist. And I said, oh, I see. So my, my term was, he's a tortured soul. Like, he's very creative. He's, you know, he's like Edgar Allan Poe, right? I mean, he's just, he's got a uh, 
you know, a dark side to him. And maybe that's what came out. I don't know. But again, power, money, fame, those things corrupt people. And I'm not saying that he's being corrupt or anything. I just think he, you know, he thinks he's a pretty big deal. And probably, you know, in the NFL world, he is. He's a huge deal. And I think that's what he's got going on. And he thinks he's better than, bigger than the team. He thinks he's bigger than his head coach. And he probably is because he's the show. And he was amazing last year. So I don't agree with him. I don't think he's, you know, I'm kind of up and down on whether I like him or not. But, you know, I think that's probably what he what he's going through. And I think it's tough for young people. And he is relatively young. Um, and, you know, in your lifetime, look, you know, you get money and power and fame as you go along. And as you go along, you get maturity and how to handle things. These guys get money thrown at them at their a very early age. I don't think they are able to, to handle it. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably what's going on there with him. It does seem like things between the Seahawks and Russell Wilson have, at the very least for now, been uh, tempered. Things are chill, relaxed. But I, I imagine with Aaron Rodgers now, they are facing some of the same questions that the Seahawks were when Russ was going through what he was going through and going about it the way he was going about it. And the listener question of the day, 710-710, when a player has the antics Rodgers has, how, how would the locker room react to this? Because this is him saying not that he wants more say in what's going on on the team. It sounds like he just wants out. Yeah. Well, I think he wants more say um, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, he, he he's doing it because he can. I don't know, you know, how much he likes Green Bay or, you know, what what the big problem is there. And, I mean, you know, and I was going through that same thing yeah. with, with Russell. I mean, where else do you want to be than here in Seattle? I mean, would Russell be happy in Green Bay? No. Uh, I mean, this is this organization, it's a, a pretty metropolitan city. It's, you know, the way they run it. You know, there's no expense spared as far as the team goes. You know, why do you want to go somewhere else? I, I don't get that part. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's probably not super happy there. Maybe he'd like to go somewhere else and start over. You know, and the other thing is I think a lot of it is, um, you know, kind of the, hey, we'll see how you do without me. You know, is it is it the franchise? Is it the guys around him? Or is it Aaron Rodgers? And I'm sure deep down inside he would love to go somewhere else, have a lot of success, and watch the Green Bay Packers go 6-10 and 10 and not make the playoffs. <laughs> what do you think of what the 49ers did last night, Dave? They drafted Trey Lance, and they say they are going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, I, was, I was afraid that they saw something that nobody else saw in Mac Jones and that that's what they were going to do and that they were going to make him work and he was going to end up being really good. It's, um, it's kind of scary if this thing works. I really admire Kyle Shanahan. I think he does a really good job. And if this thing works, it's going to be trouble in the division. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a ways out for Trey Lance, but it's so fascinating to me, Paul. I mean, look, we're—I was—we did, you know, our own little mock draft and who we think the Seahawks are going to take. And I told the story. I did a football one-on-one thing on how I interviewed to be a scout, and it was—it basically it was a day-long interview. I spent eight hours looking at film on four players and wrote up reports on them. And you know, I never left the room. Maybe went to the bathroom twice. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I was just grinding over it and looking at and you know that was just an interview and so now i'm a radio host so i'll look at highlight films and, look at guys <laughs> and stuff so Same. you know and i'll mostly read what other people write you know about a guy or something like that and then there's these draft guru guys that you know they, they look at a, a good amount of stuff but then you get the scouts 
and, you know, the coaches. And Moyer was telling us about when he was a coach for the Seahawks, how he would be in there at 6 in the morning and leave at, like, 9 o'clock at night looking at players leading up to the draft. Just hundreds and hundreds of hours of, you know, looking at these guys. So, you know, it's, you know, we can look at highlight films and all that stuff. The one thing I do that I think might be different than other people, I look at the other guy. So I'm watching the Zayvon Collins at the Arizona. God, he's uh, so big. Cardinal Scott. Yeah, he's huge, and he just runs around and everything. And like a couple of these, you know, he's got pick six. And I'm, but I'm looking, I'm going, what's that guy doing? <laughs> the other guy, the guy on the other team, like he, he's going to be working at Home Depot next year, <laughs> and he, he looks so fast and great because the guy that he's playing against is not going to ever be playing football again. Mm. So yeah, I mean, you have to kind of temper it that way. But um, but yeah, it's it's still a crapshoot. I mean, all these guys look great. Everything you look at the highlight films, but. You never know what's whether a guy's going to make it or not, and I I just think, you know, this time of year is fascinating to me. But I don't think there's anything that's even close to scientific about picking these players. He is Dave Wyman. You will hear him this afternoon as the Seahawks eventually will be on the clock. We think, and eventually we'll make a pick. We think, unless they trade back and trade back and trade back again. Dave, thank you so much, man. I like your roughing the passer idea. That's great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen, right, baby. That is the one and only Dave Wyman of Wyman and Bob, which you should be listening to every single afternoon starting at 2 o'clock. Looking forward to the draft coverage that we've got on 710 ESPN Seattle all day long, all night long. I'm going to be back on at 7 o'clock. Michael Bumpus and Jake Heaps will be reacting to whatever takes place today. I think the Seahawks will have one pick, but maybe they turn that second-round pick into multiple picks. There's something I want to see out of that second-round pick, and – I wonder if the Seahawks still want this kind of player. We'll talk about that next. Plus, how you feeling about the Trey Lance pick and is Aaron Rodgers being a little baby? It's the Paul Galan Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play in Green Bay anymore, and I know this is sounding like Wisconsin sports radio. This is more interesting than anything that took place in the first round of the NFL draft to me. And since the Seahawks didn't make a pick in the first round of the draft, they're picking 56 today. We'll see if they actually make that pick at 56. I think it's much more important what happens next with the Green Bay Packers, one of the teams that was in the NFC Championship game, one of the teams that is ahead of you in the grand scheme of things in the NFC. 28-8 the last two years. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers has had it that bad. And I took a look at his statistics from the past season and the guys that he was throwing it to. Devontae Adams was awesome. 115 catches for 1,374 yards and 18 touchdown uh, receptions. I believe that led the league. The receivers around him, are they amazing? No. But is a guy who averages 21 yards a reception good? Because that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. 33 catches for 690 yards. That is a bizarre stat line. Do you have numbers on his drops? Because they're up there. Oh, that's a good counterpoint, more dually. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, truther here. Robert Tanyan. No, just Marquez Valdez-Scantling, fantasy hater. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the drops were a big thing with him. So that's a point that maybe they could add more. Robert Tanyan, 52 catches for 586 yards and 11 touchdown receptions. Now, I'd never heard of him before this year, so I can understand where you're probably thinking to yourself, Aaron Rodgers made the most out of that guy. Well, that's what they're supposed to do when you got these great quarterbacks and they got a great offensive line in front of them and you have your number one wide receiver target and you have a really good running back. You can't create a perfect roster. So does he have a point here? I'm, I'm struggling to see it because I feel like this situation is a really good one for any quarterback to be in. 
And Aaron Rodgers, being one of the best in the game and best in NFL history, is making the most with what he's got, much like the Marines in World War II, who basically had half the precisions that the Army did because he's expected to because they know that he can get it done without him. It's frustrating, but that's his job. I think he has a point in that maybe they don't need to keep drafting defense because apparently they're not very good at it. <laughs> because... Ex- exp- expand on this. We-, we talked about this during the break, and it was a fantastic point, and it was a long list of uh, sadness. Yeah, I'm just looking back to 2017 um, to wh- what they've drafted at the top of the draft. In 2017, they went cornerback, safety, defensive tackle, linebacker before they took an offensive player. 2018, off the top of the draft, they went cornerback, cornerback, linebacker. Oh. 2019, they went linebacker safety. Then 2020, obviously last year they took Jordan Love, and then they took A.J. Dillon, which was super weird because running back was not a need for them. They you barely think. played him. Uh, so that just seemed like another way to upset Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, so they didn't go as defensive heavy last year, but then this year, cornerback with the first pick. I just, I guess if you are still thinking like, okay, our defense isn't where we want it to be, so we need to focus on that. Aaron Rodgers has an argument for saying, well, you're not going to do it in the draft because you haven't yet. So maybe give me a receiver. That's a great point. Aaron Rodgers, true. They're more dually behind the In a receiver deep draft. Like there's a lot of talent at the top. Another fair point. Instead, they went cornerback. I'm Aaron Rodgers, too, there now, huh? Yeah, you are. Noted Aaron Rodgers lover. Uh, More dually behind the glass here. But fair points. And look, this was his frustration before the draft. But the frustration is all about Jordan Love. I don't think it has anything to do with anything else. I really think it's just about Jordan Love. I get it, but still, he's 37 years old, and he had a rough stretch down the stretch in 2019. So I, I, I understand why they, they saw fit to potentially go find the next quarterback. He's, he's, gonna, he's up their age, and they did it successfully last time around. Though it was Ted Thompson in charge, the late Ted Thompson, as opposed to Brian Gutekunst. One last thing before we hit the road. If you haven't checked it out already, Dominic Foxworth, former NFL cornerback, had a fantastic feature piece on Richard Sherman and – just who he is as a player and what drives him and everything about it is great. you got to read it. He was on with Pablo Torre earlier this week on the ESPN Daily podcast, and he talked about the way that the Seahawks had, and I think still do, go about finding players to draft. Pete Carroll was really high on competition. He wanted everyone to compete at all times and Richard Sherman fit that mold and you could see they wanted guys who had been through something who had persevered in some way and it was prior to the time when grit was like a terminology that we all understood and used but they wanted players with grit and guys who overcome different things in different situations and were willing to fight for whatever they wanted and and that happened literally and figuratively quite often in those locker rooms and on that practice field I want to find guys like that again and it might not have been possible over the last couple of seasons as the Seahawks sort of phased out the old Legion of Boom for personalities like that to kind of grow and develop. You see one with, the, with Jamal Adams, just an intense person. I want more intensity and competition, and I hope that you know this training camp that comes around, that things are perhaps borderline violent at times. But things have seemed to be very peaceful. That's not necessarily a, a bad thing. But the way that the Seahawks have been successful before is because there was bloodthirsty competition on the team before. So I'm hoping that whoever they end up in the second round, and I, don't, I really don't care what position it is, whatever it falls to them at 56, so be it. I want them to find guys that haven't just gone through a lot in life, because that's, that's been a commonality with a lot of their recent picks. 
I want guys who are going to come in here and who are going to really just challenge everybody else in the locker room. It worked in the past. Pete Carroll was able to supervise it before. I, I think he can again. So I hope that's the kind of guy that they find. Big thanks to everybody who tuned in to the Paul Gallant Show today and this week. I will be back on later tonight at 7 o'clock with Michael Bumpus and Jake Heaps. We'll react to whatever the Seahawks did. And make sure you're tuned in to 710 ESPN Seattle all day for reaction to round one of the NFL draft. And, of course, for more reaction to the NFL draft as the Seahawks are finally on the clock. For Dave Wyman, who stopped by in the sports pit, the texters, our caller, Robert, the tweeters as well. And, of course, the one and only Moradouli behind.